If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, welcome into Friday Flight by Beers and Buckets. This is Connor. Uh, this is just a quick intro into some of the bonus content that we had this week. A lot of stuff that came from Travis Graff's interview that we had to cut. This is some of that bonus content. We talk a little bit about some Cougar stuff, which was funny. And uh, we talk a lot about Shaden Sharp going to Kentucky and if he'll play this year. So it's just a quick conversation, just some bonus content like we said. Before we jump into the interview and the rest of that stuff, this week's Certified Beer of the Week is Yingling's Golden Pilsner. Like we said, this is Pilsner Week, so we just wanted to keep it with a theme. But the Golden Pilsner is pretty good. It's a 4.7% ABV. Not sure on the IBUs. I haven't seen that part yet on their website. But it is, uh, it's pretty smooth for the most part. If you like Yingling, it's very similar, just the Pilsner style. Um, I mean, you just have to be a fan of Pilsners to like it for the most part, but I suggest that if you like Pilsners, if you don't, then you might want to stay away. Personally, I'm a big Yingling fan myself, even their regular beer is just fine with me and their lager, but uh, I, their Pilsner is pretty good. I like Yingling in general just because I live in the Tampa area and they have a plant down here in the Tampa area and USF, what used to be the Sundome is now called the Yingling Center, so all in all, I'm a pretty big Yingling fan, so Definitely check that out if you're into that, but let's jump into the interview, and we won't keep you waiting any longer. Why do you bring up Cougars? Cougars <laughs> I was going to go into a whole thing about Cougars there, but you know we'll save that for my mid. Oh, uh, I could. We could make a whole podcast episode out of that. Well, I'm, please do. Is, I'll edit this out of the recording, but we have one listener that's been like a one since day one, and she <laughs> is. Like she's definitely a cougar, and oh, she yeah. is all all for Kyle. Like all for Kyle. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna call. Uh, we're not gonna call her a, coug- a cougar, man. Like I'm. That's, that's true. You're old enough where she's not really a cougar, but well, it's, I mean, the same age. She didn't even qualify for oh, me. And, but I mean, so, so she's she's this? more like a. Oh, is this on the episode? I'll I'll, I'll edit like this part out. He needs to leave it in. This is this. Oh, this needs to ride. Well, I don't care if you do one way or the other, but whenever I was like 20 or 21, I had this thing for like 45-year-old women. It was oh, <laughs> right there with you, brother. Like, Still it. do, man. Uh, but one – all right, so listen to this. This girl that I was friends with, mom, was um, like wanting to see me every once in a while, and then she was paying my car payment for two months. Friend's mom. <laughs> wow. It's a good deal. This is a real Stacey's mom high, situation. Well, hey. <laughs> a real Stacy's mom have, situation going on there. Yeah. Do you ever mow the lawn just to see her in a towel or something like that? <laughs> no, no, no. I like the late bloomers. I love late bloomers more than I do the guys that have been kind of at the top of the whole class. Because I like mm. um, the Thompson twins that are in the um, um, overtime elite. They're the perfect example. Nobody knew about them. Shaden Sharp, nobody knew about them. 
That's, a, right. that's what I was going to bring up. It's like Shaden was like, when we offered him, when Kentucky offered him, he was what, like the 80th player in the class or whatever, and then is now consensus number one and is better than Zion, according to Jeff Goodman. Like, Yeah, I remember before like Mintz came back, decided that he was an absolute comeback. There was like, you know, there was talk about uh, Shaden Sharp coming and reclassing, coming to Kentucky early. And it was like, oh yeah, he wouldn't even touch the court, you know, like whatever. But now like, we're all like, oh my God, he's like the second coming of Jesus, you know, with, like with with Shaden, um, I mean, with a a half a year on campus before he actually plays, if the plan goes as it, it is planned, then, I mean, you're looking at somebody that projects at the college level better than Jamal Murray or Malik Monk. He yeah. can do some things that, I mean, he he's a better athlete than either of those two. He has a better all around game than either of those two. Better defensively. And he's a couple inches taller than both than both of us. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he definitely could have reclassed because I mean he's already like almost nineteen, might be nineteen at this point. Yeah. Do you see it playing out like they say it's going to, or what do you think? I'm not an NBA draft rules expert, so I have to go with with what the uh, price. Right. I mean, as far as the spring semester this year, him yeah, not playing. Yeah, yeah, he'll yeah he'll be he'll be at Kentucky. Yeah, for right. Sure. You so, think he'll see the court? Uh, I mean. I don't know how you don't play the most talented wing player on the team, but right. I also think that this team has really good synergy about them because yeah. that's why Calipari pulled out of the Kofi Coburn uh, recruitment last minute was because that was going to happen. Kofi was going to go to UK. I have that from good authority from mm-hmm. multiple places, including like some of the best, like well-known yeah. national recruiting analysts. I mean, it was but, a no brainer with both of uh, yeah. us getting Coleman and, like yeah. Coach O. Yeah, for sure. But it um but that's why he pulled out of that. So I mean, if UK's rolling going into the second semester, are they gonna mess that up? But at the same mm-hmm. time, are you also gonna have a absolute stud of a lottery pick that hasn't even played in college? Uh, yeah. I mean, when you talk about the you know, does Kentucky need a talent influx or not? You know, like do they need an ex- the explosive I mean, obviously you want it and but they probably do need it or could use it obviously but you know do you want to that's the whole question do you want to throw that into the mix right in the middle of the season you know when you're starting sec play and getting into yeah, it and all that kind yeah. of stuff because i mean this team is so likable and i think that's because they all love each other and mm-hmm. you don't want something messed that up but at the same time Shaden is and the, and then I think we brought the point up that you know it really Cal will probably leave it up to the players partially. It, ultimately, it's his decision, but I think it's going to be a player-driven uh, move. You know, if it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I thought you had brought up a good point, uh, Travis, bringing it to um, you know the the Coffee Colburn situation because let's just say we would have, he would have came and everything played out like he did. He had to sit out the three games. Look how much his fan base or Kentucky fan base fell in love with Oscar just in those three games. And then imagine he comes back in the fourth game and, and he's trying to split time and he doesn't pan out. And maybe, you know, that just seems like extra drama and extra riff for a guy I mean, there's nothing negative you could say about Oscar except maybe he misses a couple of shots. But the energy's there, the effort's there, the fan base mm-hmm. loves him, the personality's there. And if – if Colburn was here and gave a, a half-ass effort, the fan base would turn on him just like that. And I think yeah. that's very, it's a very touchy situation with, with Sharp in the same situation because if by that point 
Ty Ty Washington's looking amazing. Kellen Grady has figured out his rotation. Severe Wheeler's dropping dimes. We've got bigs that are doing things. That's it's it's always going to be a, a, a kind of a backup quarterback situation where hindsight's going to always bite you in the ass. But like, I just feel like you can't risk that. And and look, I'm I'm nowhere near the expert you are and watch the film that you do on this. But I feel like it's a little slap in the face to the college basketball game to say, hey, dude, hope you enjoyed prom. Now go ahead and play conference SEC basketball. I feel like there's a even skill, not even skill wise, just conditioning, strength. Well, that's the mental. thing too is him coming in this late. He would have had to have um, like he's missed all the individual work. It's all team right. Stuff. Uh, and I, I just think that's that's risky to Bo. It, it's almost like when everybody was hollering for Bo Allen at, at Kentucky over Will Levis when we were down by fifty. If you bench a court in any in any team, you bench the quarterback and put the backup in, and the backup sucks. There's a good chance you've just lost both those dudes. And I think we could see a situation like that where he's so young, and maybe not because he is supposed to be better than LeBron James, but or Zion, not yeah, whoever whoever they said he was better than. If he comes in. And he didn't just kind of struggles, just kind of gets that BJ Boston freshman nerves. And then you try to go back to Kellen Grady or somebody and they're off. You've just killed this whole chemistry. And that's my concern. Mm -hmm. And that's why I hate, I'm glad that he's here getting the work, but I hate the stress that it's bringing. Because if we don't win a national championship, no matter what, Cal did wrong. Yeah. And yeah, that's, (laughs) that's really what fans are going to boil down to. But, my thing is, <clears throat> you hate to see somebody get hurt, but in hindsight, C.J. Frederick going out opens up some minutes on the wing for Shade. Yeah. Year. Say you're up 30 on Bandy, and he it's his, one of his first games. You can throw him in there for eight to ten minutes in the second half just see what he can do, see how, right. it, see how it goes. And if he goes out there and does some stuff that drops your jaw, then it's like, all right, we got something. We got a secret weapon we can work with. And I think, too, yeah, I think when you talk about – you have to give them a fa- uh, safe pay- uh, place to fail. Um, yeah. You know, like I think, like you said, CJ Frederick, that opened up that menace there. Dante Allen, I love I love him. I really do. But there's going to be a moment where he's not going to be like he is against Mississippi State, and he's going to go 0 for 8 from yeah, 3. Yeah, you saw that tonight. From three. tonight, yeah, he's 1 yeah. for what? 1 for 8? Yeah, 1 for 8. I mm-hmm. mean, that. I mean, Dante Allen, I've – I know a couple of high-level trainers, and Dion Lee is one of my favorites. He's here in Louisville. Had D'Angelo Russell um, and a few other pros, but he always says to the shooters, "He's like, you have one job, and you better do it right." And if Dante Allen is out there missing threes, he's not doing his job. That's obviously that his job because Cal yells at him to do his job every what single I, second when he's out there. What I liked the Cal today <laughs> was Dante, he, Dante was what one for seven, and he had just missed. Yeah. he had just missed one, and he right. he got scared and drove the baseline. Yeah. And Cal yelled at him. It was like you you never pass up an open shot, right? Which is yeah, what you're not gonna do. you're not gonna play if you don't shoot. Because Dante's gonna find a shooter not to. But there's gonna be there's gonna come a game where UK needs him to knock down two or three. Yeah, but if and he can't do that, Shaden needs those minutes. Yeah. So when you're talking about that though, Shaden is gonna really is most likely going to directly affect Grady too. But the good thing about Grady is he's a very mature guy who's already played four years, obviously scored over 2,000 points, and he's a mature kid that can handle that. So if Grady is going to be directly affected by anything Sharp does too, I think he's one of those guys that can handle it and deal with it pretty well. I don't think he'll Mm -hmm. cause any riff in the locker room. I'm sure we're already – 
so far down this Kentucky rabbit hole. My, sorry, Connor. We got Travis here. He's a Kentucky guy. It's going to oh, yeah. be what it is. I knew it was going to be that way. Do you think there is – because you go back and watch Kellen Grady highlights. Dude is creating for himself. Mm-hmm. He is doing step back. He looks – being silly here, but he looks James Harden. Like he's driving yeah. a step back, just shooting anything. Do you think that was because who else was going to do it? At, at Davidson, if it if it's not him, then who? Yeah, because here at Kentucky, he's like, if I'm if I'm super wide open, I'll shoot it. If not, I'll give it to one of these people with more stars than me. Because he had a couple opportunities where I thought he could cross up a guy tonight that probably shouldn't be playing at at the Y, like we said, but he just passed it off. Do you think he's one of those things where he's in his mind? Where at Davidson, what's the worst that can happen? But here. A bad shot by me is worse than a great shot by Oscar or Ty-Ty. Even if that's not the case of the play, if that's his perception, do you think that's something he feels? And do you think that's something he can work himself out of before March? Well, see, he's um, he's not – I mean, you can tell on the court and you can tell off where he's not an asshole guy that's looking to get his. Um, and it it's a big step forward both physically and um, just speed-wise – going from Davidson to Kentucky just in everyday practice alone. And he's never played with dudes that like he's playing with now on the same team. And it's just him trying to figure out his role. And I think he's starting to come around in these last couple of games. I think he's starting to hunt his shot a little bit more. But he was definitely too passive early on. I think he needs eight to ten shots a game minimal. I think yeah. he's too good of a scorer. But it's just it, – it's I, that's the thing with a lot of players, especially at the high school level, going to a prep school or going to a uh, loaded AAU team. They got to figure out how to – get theirs while playing with other good players. Because at Davidson, it was like, all right, Kellen's gonna get his. Everybody else has got to find something. But now he's he's gotta he's got a mesh. It's just kind of a weird dynamic that UK fans aren't used to. Because if you notice, he's really doing that. He's showing more balls now, but he's even doing it when we're up 30. He's not doing it as much in the first 20 minutes. It's when we're up 20 and he's in there with Dante Allen and he's in there with Ty Ty running point. Then, so you can see it happening, and maybe it's kind of like what Connor was alluding to with Shaden Sharp, where you just maybe if that's what it's going to take. But I, I definitely want to see it because if you watch those Davidson highlights, you know those plays are there, and, and we're going to need him because there's going to come a time when it's not going to come as simple to everybody as say it did tonight. I'm going to say this as a disclaimer to all Kentucky fans: I need you guys to calm down. I think, I think here's what's happening. I think. It's early in the season. We're playing these bye games. And Kellen Grady, we know what we can get out of him. Cal knows what he can get out of him. We saw a lot of potential in the Duke game. And so in these lesser opponent teams um, in these games, I think that he is just passing up a lot of these opportunities to get the Bryce Hopkins looks, to get the Damian Collins um, confidence up, to get the – uh, Dante Allen, you know, make a couple buckets in a row, confidence up. Like, I think that's what's really going to take. And he's really embraced that. I mean, they call him granddad on the team. So, which is awesome. It's like, you know, he's, t- he's definitely embraced his leadership role on the team. And I think he's doing this to better the team in the long run. Come March, I think we'll see a lot more of Kellen Grady than what we're seeing now. Oh, and I want to say something too. Uh, I meant to say this a minute ago when we were talking about Shaden and Zion. I, I hate to do it to UK fans, but he's no Zion. Like <laughs> he's gonna be damn good, but Zion is the only college player of my lifetime that I will listen to argument that they're better than Anthony Davis at the college level. Like mm-hmm. best 
uh, player efficiency rating of all time at the college level. That's just, I mean, absolutely nuts. Well, and it's so hard. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, like Zion was a freak athlete where Shaden Sharp has really had to, you know, hone in on skill. Yeah, you know, not that Zion didn't have skill, but you know, he was able he was able to fail on in the skill here and there because of his athletic nature, you know, and the fact that he's like built like a tank but can jump out of the gym. You know, it's amazing. So Yeah, I mean, in that way, Davis and Zion were both physical freaks in different ways. But you yeah, exactly. but you ain't gonna tell me you all aren't drooling about the, the thought of having Wheeler, Tata uh, Shaden and Grady around Oscar at one point during the season. Right. Oh, right. I trust me. I'm the only one in our group that is <laughs> like I think he's going to play because, like I like you said before, you don't leave the best player in the nation on the bench. That's just my opinion. But see, well, see, Oscar rebounds so well. He rebounds well enough for two bigs that I feel like sometimes you can get away with yeah. playing for. Now, I wanted that line with CJ Frederick in it at one point before he got hurt. I was right. like Wheeler around three shooters and Oscar. Right. I just want to say yeah. now killer. I will say to Connor, I, I, as of right now, I do not think he's going to play. But that also goes because I don't think, as much as I think Cal can change, I think there's fundamental beliefs he won't change. And one of those, I think, in addition to only playing seven and eight guys, I think he's always feels like he has to have a quote-unquote four guy. Now, if you could assure me that Cal would buy in and run what you just said, Wheeler, Washington, Sharp, and Grady, and he would give it a legitimate chance and go to it a lot, then yes, I am here for it. But I just feel like he's always going to play Shwebe and Collins at the five, Brooks, Collins, uh, Toppin at the four, and then Hopkins with the other guards at the three. And that just creates a log jam. That I, that's where I think Sharp creates the, well, whose minutes is he taking – because I don't think Cal will truly ever go to four guards. I just don't. I mean, there was one point today where he, he, I thought he had four guys in there. I thought was going to play the four. Yeah, he had. Yeah. I thought Allen would play some at the four. Had him at the two. I thought Hopkins would play at the four. Had him at the three. Yeah, I thought Collins would come in at the four. Had him at the five. So he yeah. he literally had Wheeler and four power forwards. I mean, they were all we were though, see. So it's like I know, but I mean, trying to get confidence builds up. Like, there's not a lot that we could take away from these early games, but. Matt, if you're that confident on it, I'll put a sixer on it, and uh, you know, like let's mark it down. Was it November 29th? Yeah, November 29th. I say Shaden Sharp will see the court in some decent minutes this year. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, crazy. he'll see the court. He'll see the court from the sideline. Nope. He will. He will have feet on the court. Yeah, that'd be on the court. Game. I'm putting. I'll put a sixer on. It. I'll buy. I'll buy you a cold Bud Light. So will that be in cleanup? You know, in a 30 point blowout, or will that be in meaningful minutes? I'm just saying he's going to see the court. I'll give him both because okay. I, I I don't – Cal doesn't seem like a guy that's going to play that, even though I, th- I think that's smart, the way you guys talk about it, like give him an opportunity to fail. I think Cal isn't even going to give that an opportunity. I think he's going to sit him. He's going to work his ass off in practice, and then he's going to sit there down there with C.J. Frederick and Zane Payne and clap his hands. So, yeah, I'll take that because I think he will log 0.0 minutes this season. I think we're we're taking the Hamadou Diallo approach to it, where he is significantly better than Hamadou Diallo, and he can't like like I said, you don't just let this player sit on the bench for a decent portion of the season, especially when it comes down to like if he's in game mode, like in game ready, you know, shape, and it's you know it's March, it's you know there's five minutes left, and we're down like ten. You know, you got to put you got to put a, your best players on the court, and if he's if the other players agree, like Kyle says, 
I'm I'm fine for it. You yeah. put him on the I court. Just, let I, me ask. Let me ask you all this: yeah. Would you all trade Shaden never seeing the court of Kentucky any at any point for yes. a Final Four this year? Nah, yes. Four shit. No. Not yes. just Final Four. No. You went for a championship yeah. though, right? Yes. Yeah. For Not championship. Four. Yeah. Not Final Four. Yeah. Been there, done I, that. No. Lost to UConn, 2011. No. No, are, are you saying we're going to you... championship is the only thing that matters, and that's all we should judge coaches on anyway. So Right, no. So When you bring not... up Kentucky basketball, so, what is the fact that you bring up about Kentucky basketball? That we're that good. They're the best college basketball program, yeah. and they have the most wins. And, and most how is that proven? Most, most wins and what? Most, most wins of, and what? Elite eight, final fours, and championship appearances. Right. Champions, championships. We're second. Well, we don't have final four leagues. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Before we get into this kerfuffle, let's go. No, <laughs> let's but, move on. but here's um, my question to Travis. Did, are you just guarantee us a spot or are we guaranteed to lose? Because if you. No, if you, just, no just guaranteeing a spot. Okay. Then, yes, I, I'll take it for Elite Eight because I've, I've, I've said this in episode one. I'm a big guarantee. I'm a big believer that. The way this tournament's set up, once you get to the lead eight, you stand at just as much a chance to win as anybody. So you're absolutely freaking – I'll drop X-rated words on here. Give me that all day. Shaden Sharp can stay at home for all I care. Just get us there for the chance Elite eight, to win a wild. national title. That's wild. Just a chance to win it. That's wild. All right.